Good morning, and welcome to the Nurses Roundtable. My name is Gary, and we are here this morning with uh, my co-host, Kara. Good morning. And we have a special guest. Our special guest today is Nancy. Good morning. And Nancy comes from a long 12 years of nursing and general med surge, and so she has a ton of stories to tell us. Hi, my name is Nancy. I have a bachelor's of science in nursing. I have been a nurse for about 12 years, mostly in women's services. And in the last few months, I've been in a clinical decision unit. Kara has, well, between the two of us, we have over 25 years of experience. And Kara has worked all over. Pediatrics. Seem like that long, does it? No, it just flew by. It's true what they say in the blink of an eye. My name is Kara. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. I started as a bachelor's prepared nurse and got my master's in pediatric nursing, and I'm an acute care provider in urgent care. Today's topic is staffing, nursing, staffing shortages, staffing in general, and that's what we're going to be talking about. One of the problems is how hospitals end up working with their staff. When these staffing shortages occur and as they're occurring and when they're getting worse, how the hospital manages their nursing staff can really either make or break the staffing. So how's it going out there? What do you think? There's always going to be fluctuation in staffing and given what what just happened in the last couple years with COVID, burnout is at an all-time high because there's the constant sentiment that you have to pick up, you have to help out because, you know, not only does your nursing community, your team need it like right there immediately, but also on a nationwide level, there's a lot of pressure to perform and be the healer, right? But at the same time, they're not acknowledging our burnout and how hard it is to actually show up and continue to go through these processes. And then mm-hmm. we talked a little bit earlier about it. One of your nurse friends that was her partner, her husband said that she was different. She's not the same person that she was, mm-hmm. you know, six weeks ago, even coming mm-hmm. into her unit. That's mm-hmm. really scary. It's scary and it's sad because most people start a new job and they're excited mm-hmm. and the money's great or it's what they expected. And they're able to separate work from home. Yes. And for nursing, a lot of times we're not able to do that because we carry these people with us whenever we go home. We carry these experiences. And I definitely, I agree. I know that there were plenty of times when I worked, I would work a shift and we would be there, get there at six o'clock in the morning and then 6.45 comes and we get report, we do our huddle nursing report, and then go do bedside report, get our patient assignment, start working, work a 12-hour shift, and then give shift report, and then still have to, for me, be there making sure, trying to help the nurses, the rest of the nurses do well, and help them get caught up right away, and be at work until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, just trying to get the next shift settled, because it can be overwhelming when you have four and five patients at a time, and that's an everyday, every shift you work. You're working 12 hours, you come in, you have four and five patient assignment, and there, if it was just a passing meds, we had, you know, hang some antibiotics and general kind of acute care, that would be one thing. But our patients were very high acuity, and we would have to multiple antibiotics, multiple dressing changes, assist the physician with procedures at the bedside, all of that, and then, and that doesn't even include if your patient was having a bad day emotionally out of this world or their family was having a bad day yes 
So let's talk about patient assignments, nurse-to-patient ratios. So how many patients were your nurses assigned? For one nurse? So each of you took six patients? Right, but we had the preceptor, so they figure since the preceptor was there, we wouldn't handle the patients. No, it's six patients together, her and the preceptor. Right. However, so they basically make the preceptor responsible for more patients thinking that she's going to pick up the slack. That's very okay. common. Okay. This is a contributing factor to the nursing so, shortage. That is, it is a large contributing factor because at even at five patients, as a new nurse to the unit, although we don't have, we are not new in mm-hmm. healthcare, but it's still, you're still learning, you're still learning the critical thinking skills for that particular unit. So when you bombard that nurse with the extra patient load, you're basically going from task to task, you cannot critically think. And that's mm-hmm. one of the issues that I have brought up to management. And their response is like, we are short, you know, if you don't complain as much, it wouldn't be an issue. So now you have the two new nurses that hired basically already burning out, not even getting shortly right off the gate. Mm-hmm. And then you have experienced nurses. We had one that they lost recently. She's been on that unit for seven years. Mm-hmm. So she just basically said, this is too much mm-hmm. for her to take on five patients. And she's experienced in their unit. And she was saying, oh, it, this is just way too much. The workload, it's not doable. So she transferred out. Not only did they lose the new nurses they hired, but they also lost a seasoned nurse from their unit that mm-hmm. was there for seven years. And she was also one of their charge nurse. So now they're back to the same situation they started out with. So they didn't improve. Exactly. They keep getting short-staffed. They right. And they keep having to go back to short-staffing because they hire two, three new nurses. They put them with preceptors, and but then they throw everything in the kitchen sink at them patient-wise. Right. And they the new nurses get overwhelmed. And then, the, then they that load gets transferred on. When the new nurses get overwhelmed, that load gets transferred on right. to some of their long-term season nurses but then that gets to be too much for them when they do it exactly. for over a, an extended period of time and then the, all those people leave and they're in the same boat again exactly. and when you brought it to management instead of management taking responsibility or accepting even just accepting hearing you out and uh, saying how much they appreciate you for working and saying, I'm sorry this happened. What can we do? How can we make it better for you? Trying to listen to you. I mean, it would take five minutes for someone to listen to you. And so I think this is something that we need to be able to convey to management that, hey, we are here to help you. We are your nurses and we want to take care of the patients. We just want and we want to support you. I always think about that movie uh, with Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire, and that statement, help me help you. Help me help you. So that's what I want to say to management sometimes. I think nurses are in their head and what they're thinking is, help me help you. Because I love my job. I'm a natural nurturer. I want to take care of the patients and I want to do a good job, but I want to be safe also. I have a license. I want to be safe. And so... Let's work on this together. We are not, we don't want to be in an adversarial position with management as nurses. I think generally we want to come in and do our job and take care of our patients because that's what we love doing. But 
you can only overwhelm somebody. They can only handle that extra burden for a certain amount of time before it gets to be too much. And that's part of what's happening. Okay. So Kara, why do you think these kinds of, these types of things are happening at this period of time? It's a very complex situation. It's a complex, it's a complex answer. It's not just one facet. It's not just money or personality or sometimes I think even ethics I think it's super complex. As medicine grows in America, as um, things change in our society ever, across the world, we're still performing the same job, but we're get, we're not. Our pay isn't increasing for one, but our load is going up. The demand for perfection is higher, right? Because we live in a customer service based world. So at any given moment, someone can complain and say, "Well, I don't like the way that she looked at me. I don't think I want her." And then this nurse who's already struggling, who's been working her hardest and who's, this is my sixth day in a row because I'm trying to help out. Okay, great. She doesn't like my face. And, and that get, doesn't get taken into consideration either. So I think it's very multifaceted. And then you have a huge peak in travel nursing where we're actually getting paid better to do what we know how to do, but to come in and be someone's crutch for a little while And then the nurses who are there know, hey, these guys are making twice as much as I am doing the exact same job, if not sometimes less, albeit hard because they're in a new environment, there can be personality issues, there's charting difficulties because they have to learn a whole new system. Still, the person who's there is thinking, I'm not getting paid this much, and the travel nurse is getting paid this much, so now I'm, forget this, I'm going to go travel myself. And then people are leaving. There's no, there isn't any more loyalty. There's not, I need to stay here because of my family and this is where we live. And I need to stay here because of my benefits. People are thinking to themselves, why would I stay here for this when I can make twice, three times as much money traveling and I'll just leave, I'll just leave, I'll just go on leave. People in the military do it all the time. They go on leave, they leave for three months, they leave for six months, they leave for a year. They come back with three times as much money in their pocket. So there's no, they're not able to retain. And I think a lot of that is, they're not willing to come out of their mold either. They don't want to listen to the advice or the constructive criticism that they're getting from their staff. Mm-hmm. They're, we're considered very complainive. Anytime we come and approach management, like even in her situation, look, I'm brand new. I, I wasn't under the impression that I was going to have five, five patients today. I've never handled these kind of patients before. I thought we were on a rotating basis. And for the, for a manager to be like, why are you complaining? We all have to go through this. Instead of taking it as a constructive criticism or as a cry for help, we're looked at as complainive and then just move on, right. suck it up and take it. Right. And people are getting tired of it. In general, I think our community of nurses mm-hmm. has really gotten tired of it. Because they're just getting burned out. Nancy, what did you think the uh, feeling on the unit was about travel nurses? Did you guys have any travel nurses come in? We did. Um, they are actually not very positive. In fact, they're very negative about the travel nurses. They, mm-hmm. The general consensus is that um, they're getting paid two or three times more than the actual staff nurses, but their workload is the same or sometimes less because mm-hmm. they're not upheld to the same standards that we do as a staff nurse. Charting is very bare minimal. Um, they basically do whatever they can and whatever they don't know. Someone don't, else picks it up. Exactly. Or they don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. So that that's right. why the a lot of the nurses were very upset when we had we when we had the travel nurses. And I feel I feel for the travel nurse too, in the sense that um, they're coming into a new environment. But at the same time, 
I think that when nurses on a unit find out that the hospital is willing to pay so much for somebody to come in from the outside, I think that's part of the, I think that's also part of the problem. Because I think if the hospital or wherever you're working, if they consider the nurses, their staff that they have and say, you know what, let's sit down with the nurses and talk about, hey, we, instead of what would you like us to do? We can bring in a traveler and to provide the actual physical support so that you guys don't get burned out. But this is how that process works. Do you guys want to do something else? Is there another way that we can work this to where we can have the patients and the shifts covered, not burn you guys out, or give us some input, work with us, help us figure this out. Let's all figure this out together. And that way you'll have more of a cohesive and a friendly, cordial, not necessarily friendly, but a cordial environment between management and nursing staff. And let's talk about that management's approach to some of these nursing concerns. How does management respond when nurses voice their concerns, whether it's about staffing or appropriate assignments or any other nursing concerns? What does management have to say? Nurses are not a dime a dozen. It's never easy finding the right fit, and sometimes we have to go through changes, but nurses are not a dime a dozen. Nurses are not a dime a dozen. Yes, some director can come to you and say, you want to leave? Leave. I have a stack of resumes on my desk. I'll hire the next person on the stack. And at this point, the nurses are in the position to say, you know what, you go ahead and do that because that's going to cost you $46,000, just like you said, in training that nurse. And when you get her, you don't know if she's going to be, that's right, you don't know what you're getting. Is she going to know what she's doing? And even when you do spend another $46,000 training this nurse that you just hired, is she going to say, once you get her trained, she may not like you. And And that's the plight that they're in right now. Yes. Because they kept telling us that. We're going to replace you. You're all replaceable. You're right. a warm body. So now people just walk. All right. My warm body is taken off to California. That's yep. right. That's, That's right. You, and then you, they're like, wait a second. Now instead of paying an ad- now instead of paying $40 an hour, because that was great five years ago, instead of paying $40 an hour for a travel nurse, they're like, oh, my God. What if our own nurses won't come in for over $50 on this? Okay, maybe they'll come in for 100 Nope. Sorry. Not going to do it. Shoot, now we're paying 500 And they're still trying to get away with gaslighting you and telling you, here's your, you're still replaceable. I can go get someone else. Mm-hmm. You're still That's replaceable. Right. They're still doing the old thing and where they're not getting the effects that they want. So that, those words need to leave management's vocabulary 100%. A director, a coordinator, middle Maybe manager. Management. There's a base, median, and um, high pay, mm-hmm. average rate. And they give it to you every year for your evaluation. This is what you're making. You're making twenty six forty five an hour, and we're willing to give you a 3% pay increase. And then they show you. This is the me- the base, median, and high, and you're right there like in between base and median. And you can say every year, you know what? I've worked really hard. I've done all these things. I got a master's. I've oriented five people to the unit, and I'm still here. I want you to raise me to the median pay rate. That's maybe a dollar, two dollars more an hour. That's it. And I'll be content to continue to put up with this BS 
for another year. And they're like, you know what? No, sorry, right. I can't do that. But you still need your job. So yeah. now you know that they're willing to pay someone else more because they just showed it to you on paper. Lord, they, they're giving them bonuses and giving them... But the thing is, they're saying, okay, in order for us to give it to you, you have to work at least one or two shifts extra. But rather mm-hmm. than... If, I think you would, they would attract more or actually have more people volunteer to sign up if they had said, hey, you know what? Because they're paying that for the travelers anyway. Right. And just say, hey, you know right. what? This... It's out of our own pocket. We are going to give this to you without expecting anything from you right. in return because we respect you. We, we appreciate all yeah. your help. If you can sign up, that's fine. But if you don't sign up, we are not going to hold that against you. I would think that people, they, they will attract more people who say, okay, you know what? I'll help the unit out. All right. That's all the time we have for today. We'll continue to have our discussions here at the Roundtable with Karen Gary. Catch us next time. And remember, whatever life hands you today, don't go crazy. So email us, drop us a line at gocrazyatthenursesroundtable.com. That's go crazy, and remember crazy with a K, go crazy at the nursesroundtable.com. Remember, send us your comments, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. We're ready for them.